So tonight, the big key word is uh, uh, cornerstone, because that's one of the words from this particular uh, set of verses that really pops out. Um, now, the cornerstone is also known as the foundation stone. It's the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. And it's really important because it's the stone that doesn't fall off the robe when I start talking with my hands. There we go. Uh, where was I? So this, uh, this cornerstone is really important because this is the one that really, um, it sets the tone for the entire rest of the foundation. It's the one you're going to orient the entire building of the uh, building to. And so the foundation, uh, so I thought it might be interesting also then to explore a little more about what a foundation is because I know there's a whole bunch of science behind what makes a foundation work. I know all buildings need foundations, but what is it that makes this particular metaphor so powerful for so many? Now, what I found is that the foundation is the element of a building which connects it to the ground. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. Um, it transfers the loads from the structure to the ground. Uh, so that's, again, more or less straightforward. It's taking the weight of the building and allowing it to be dispersed so the building is able to stand. Uh, foundations are generally either considered shallow or deep, which uh, I mentioned this on Thursday night. If you've ever gone down to one of the dig sites, I think I mentioned it on Thursday night, uh, there was the site they were digging for months and months and months down there right, right by uh, Chinatown um, and Metro Center that is one of the big buildings down there now, but at the time they were digging and digging and digging and they dug really, really deep. And that was one of the first times I saw a building actually begin to go from the ground up because it was the surface parking lot before that. So they need to be deep if it's a really big building. Um, it's an important part of uh, how the science uh, is applied in soil mechanics and rock mechanics. Apparently, if you want to know more about this, you should talk to Father Carlos, actually, because he majored in this in his undergrad, um, because I made the mistake of mentioning I was talking about foundations <laughs> and learned a lot. I mean, not the mistake, not the mistake. Uh, I received a wonderful gift from Father Carlos. Uh, but I also found this um, one particular thing uh, interesting. If you saw on my uh, Facebook feed, if you're, if you're my Facebook friend, um, uh, this one came from This Old House, which is a lovely PBS show. I hope all of you know what it is. Um, Bob Vila was the host for a very long time. Tim Allen was loosely based, or, or, or Tim Taylor from Home Improvement was loosely based on Bob Vila, um, which Bob Vila then made appearances on Home Improvement, which is weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, so a good foundation, this is what it said about a foundation. A good foundation requires a lot more digging than a hole and pouring some concrete into forms. It must be tailored to its site like a custom suit, taking into account soil conditions, water tables, and even the quality of the backfill. And as with a custom suit, every detail must be perfect. The base properly compacted, the formwork set upright, the concrete free of voids. Neglect even one of these and the most carefully poured foundation can fail. And there's this old saying that goes, as long as the foundation is good, 
everything else can be fixed. I actually don't know how old of a, uh, a saying it is until I Googled it today, trying to figure out where exactly I knew it from. It's one of those that I had in my head. Um, it may or may not have come from the movie The Money Pit, which is a hilarious Tom Hanks movie that if you need a study break would make a fantastic <laughs> study break. Uh, 1980s, very young Tom Hanks uh, doing comedy bits. Uh, just wonderful. Um, if you're business-minded, you also might find it interesting because it's about a money pit, which is not a pit full of money. Uh, it's actually the reverse. Uh, but I won't go any further with that. Um, so again, the uh, foundation, as long as the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. Uh, we saw this last year firsthand on our mission trip when we were in West Virginia working on a, uh, in a community that had been flooded out. Uh, this particular community had um, a lot, most of the houses in the community needed to be at least repaired. Um, many also needed to be torn down and rebuilt. And the deciding factor for rebuilding versus, uh, uh, or repairing versus rebuilding, was whether or not the foundation was good. So, for example, uh, the house we were working on was one in which the foundation had come through the flood in good shape. The whole first floor was completely destroyed because I mean this was a, a flood that was like several feet high. The, the entire first floor was um, covered in water um, so there was major water damage. They had to rip out all of the walls. Uh, they tore everything pretty much down to the studs. Um, we even went under the house and were replacing the insulation underneath the house. Um, all of that had to be done, but at the end of it, this house was still pretty much the same house that the owner had left. Um, in fact, the upstairs was completely untouched because it was high enough that the water never, uh, had never reached there, and therefore we didn't have to do any work up there. The same can't be said for the house next door. The house next door, um, and I believe they called it hydraulic fracturing, um, not hydraulic fracking, but hydraulic fracturing, which is how, um, and again, this is a science thing that I'm not entirely uh, up to speed on, but uh, when the water is coming up, the water pressure actually causes the foundation to crack. And so the only option for the house next door to the one that we were working on was to tear down and start anew with a whole new house. As long as the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. That's why foundations are so very important, because they are designed to hold up the building, to make the building last, to make it sturdy through storm and through uh, anything that might come its way, through wind and through even the shifting of time. My house is a little bit old and, you know, it's, my dog really loves the fact that he can put the ball down and it's just a minor sloping, but the ball will roll down the whole house and he can chase after it. Um, it's also really great for me because then I don't have to always be throwing the ball. Um, but he enjoys that and, and you can see, but the house itself as a whole, while it has shifted over its hundred some odd years of being around, it's only shifted slightly. And I also read something that said, as long as it's only about an inch or so in a hundred years, you really don't have that much to worry about. 
Because by the time it's, basically they said, basically, by the time it's much more than that, something more significant. Um, first of all, hopefully the settling out is done, but if it's not, the house is probably going to need major repairs at that point anyway, or refurbishments. Uh, so as long as the foundation is gr good, the structure remains strong. The structure is reinforced and when particularly the foundation is, is made to fit that particular building, you can't just pour a foundation and build any building. You have to build a particular foundation for a building. As long as that is good, as long as that is strong, the rest can be fixed. Now we're continuing our journey through this Easter season. Um, and we are now at this point so uh, Father Carlos and I also talked about how this, there's this weird thing that happens in, in the lectionary calendar this year um, and every three years that we get the Acts stories that happen after the Pentecost before Pentecost because Pentecost isn't actually until May 20th but we are now in the new church um, and that's where our text comes from this evening. So the church has um, had Pentecost uh, Peter's been out there preaching, the other apostles have been out there and preaching, the church has been growing and growing and growing. There's all of these passages and, that end with uh, every preacher's dream and thousands came to the faith. Um, I'm, I would love for that to happen. Um, I'm not, the doors are open, you never know. Maybe God can work a miracle. Um, interesting thing does happen in this text as well where it says the Holy Spirit filled Peter and he began to speak. So um, it's also not about me. It's about God working in our community and among us. Um, so Peter is here in this text um, beginning to preach. Uh, and as he does, he's quoting Jesus, quoting the Psalms, and calls Jesus the rejected stone that has become the cornerstone. Now, the, th the reason he's having to begin this oratory uh, lesson is because the authorities of the temple have come and begun to question him. If you remember last week, we talked about how Peter and John came upon this man who was unable to walk, and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And he did. Through the Holy Spirit, this man was healed. And he got up and he walked and it was this joyous thing. And part of the reason the authorities had heard about it is because everybody was celebrating this joyous thing that just had happened. And they're over here coming, wait a minute, what are you doing? Uh, in part because, you know, they had just kind of cut the head off of this. They had, uh, along with Rome, crucified Jesus, gotten rid of the problem, this rebel rouser. Remember, they were mostly looking to keep the good order of the, uh, and the peace, and there were these rebel rousers, these new now Christians, these followers of Christ who were stirring things up, and they, they took care of Jesus, and, you know, I'm... I, I, tend to believe they probably didn't believe the resurrection had happened so as far as they're concerned Jesus is gone and yet here comes this guy Peter who steps up and is like you sir I have no silver or gold but in the name of Jesus Christ stand up and walk and he does and all the people are talking about it because as you can imagine if somebody walks up and says get up and walk and someone who hasn't been able to suddenly does that's something worth talking about. It's something worth celebrating. And the authorities are beginning to get nervous again. Here comes another one of these. I thought we took care of this problem. 
And this Peter guy seems to be taking up right where Jesus left off. The text says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. He was filled with that new power that we talked about last week, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit that calls us to speak up, to speak out, to work to create change, to speak against injustice. And he tells them this, he starts off with this really kind of interesting question, which basically boils down to, are you saying I shouldn't do something good? So we're all recognizing that this good thing happened because you wouldn't be questioning me if you didn't think it happened. And you're questioning me because I did something good? Is that really what we're opposed to? And then he continues on, and that's when he moves into this, this oration about Jesus and about the stone that has been rejected. This crucified Savior, who is the rejected cornerstone that has become the foundation. This risen Christ, who is changing the world, has already changed so many lives and is on the move. The Holy Spirit that is moving in and through them. All of these things are what Peter is telling them when he says the stone that the builders have rejected has now become the cornerstone. And that is the stone on which Peter is beginning to build, uh, and I'll use this uh, in quotations, the church. Because Peter wasn't building a building at this point. Peter was building the body of Christ. Peter was bringing together the people, Peter and the other apostles, because we often talk a lot about Peter, but there were others out there doing this work, so many others, more than just the apostles that were the twelve, but all of those who were followers of Christ were going out and sharing this good news, building this church on the foundation of Christ who died, Christ who is risen, Christ who will come again, Christ who is our Redeemer, Christ who has changed the world with love and mercy and grace. And they're setting up this foundation to be this perfectly tailored thing for this new church, if you will. And it's big enough to fit all of the world. Because Peter doesn't just say that Jesus came to redeem the Christians, but he says that Jesus came to redeem you. And that is the, the context of which Peter's preaching that day. He's building this foundation. Even as he's being questioned about what he's doing, he's building the foundation that is his own foundation. It's, it's what gives him the ability to stand up there and speak through the Holy Spirit. And reminding them that as we go about this thing, it might not be easy, but the foundation is good and strong and it is holding us up and it is where we get our strength. It's how we are empowered. It is through the Holy Spirit that we receive this calling to go forth. It's where we get our strength to persevere. And it's what is holding us above the ground. It's what's keeping us from falling over. Jesus, our foundation. 
you know, one of the critiques that I hear a lot about the church is that, uh, and particularly the institution of the church, is that we fail a lot. Um, I'm a part of a denomination that I deeply, deeply love and have been a part of my entire life. Um, I've devoted my entire, my entire personal life to this denomination of United Methodism, and we are a deeply, deeply flawed tradition, as are all human institutions of the church. The body of Christ is made perfect, but unfortunately the human church is not. We fail a lot. And I imagine there are those of us who could um, name many of the public ways the church has failed, but there's also all of the ways in which the church has privately failed us. Um, and it's because the church is very much filled with imperfect people. And one of the things that often comes along with that is this question. How can good come out of any corrupt, callous, hypocritical, fill in the blank of whatever word you've heard people say about the church. How can any good come out of this? And the answer is because God remains faithful as our sure foundation. And as long as the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. I would love for the church to be perfect today, but we're going to keep messing it up. Flawed people like me are leading it, so we're not going to always get things right. But we have a good foundation to stand on. And when we have a good foundation to stand on, then everything else can be fixed. We can hopefully come forward and admit our mistakes, repent of the times in which we've been wrong, and move forward with mercy and justice move forward in God's grace because, again, if the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. That means all the brokenness of the world can be fixed. Now, it's not going to come overnight. It's not going to be easy. If you've ever tried to rebuild a house or refurbish a part of a house, it takes a lot of work. But if the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. I want to give you one more um, imagery to think about um, before I close out. And that is, uh, most of you know, uh, I'm assuming everybody knows the Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm assuming most of you would know that it's on the San Andreas Fault. This bridge that exist in this super earthquake zone. This bridge that is uh, built to sway some 20 feet at its center, uh, the center of its one mile span. This incredibly uh, intricately engineered uh, feat of engineering is designed to last earthquakes. And it's because this bridge is built to be flexible by design, because one of the most important parts of any bridge are, of course, its concrete roadways, its steel railings, its cross beams, one welded joint to the other, 
vast cable systems, two great towers, and two great land anchor pillars, two great land anchor piers. And it's the towers which bear most of the weight. And those towers, what makes all of this possible, the engineering of it, is designed to allow this bridge to both be a sturdy structure and yet flexible at the same time is that is deeply embedded in the rock foundation beneath the sea. And so the Golden Gate Bridge continues to stand to this day because it is on a solid foundation. Now, for all of us, our lives can sometimes be like this bridge. I mean, there's been so many earthquakes in Northern California, and this bridge has existed and lasted through all of them. Our lives throw us all kinds of things. And it works. What was I saying here? Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. I knew I had a point there. That was a good. Uh, so, part of the part of our bridge is like these lives. Our lives are like this bridge because this bridge wasn't just thrown together and hoped it would work. It was intricately designed and planned out and masterfully crafted and put together and planted on that deep foundation. There was a lot of work that went into building this bridge. And I also know all of you get that our lives are not that easy, that we can't just, you know, step out the door and, you know, everything's going to work out perfectly because you're here and you're studying at AU. And that means at some level you have put in some work to get into this school. And the fact that you are continuing here means that you've been able to pass classes and you've done the work that it takes to be a student here. And some of you are even almost graduating, and that means you've really put in the work that will take you to getting that piece of paper that unlocks more doors afterwards. You know that life doesn't just happen. We have to put in the work. Part of what you're doing here is you're building the foundation of your lives. And yes, you're learning things academically, um, and yes, uh, there are so many things that go into this time of life that is, it's not just that you are getting education, this is also a transformative time of life for anyone who's in the 18 to 22 year bracket, because you're becoming an adult, you're becoming your own person, you're becoming your own identity, you're discovering yourself maybe for the first time as you've maybe stretched your legs for the first time away from family and parents and really been able to say, this is me, me. And we're building that unique foundation that is fitting us just perfectly. But there's more to our foundation than just the things that we learn here at AU, of course. Now, there's a Sunday school answer, which is, yes, there's Jesus. 
I mean, yes, that is the answer that I'm looking for here, but it's deeper than just saying Jesus. It's something that means we're incorporating Jesus into the deep foundations of our lives. It means Jesus isn't just something that happens on Sunday nights or when we're with the UMSA or when we're uh, gathered together in any of the spaces that um, individuals in this community gather together. It's something that affects our whole lives. It transforms us. And as we are together, we build one another up. That's what the purpose of faith community is. It's why I say that coming to church is so important. It's not just so I can say that I had X number of people in church. It's because when we gather together, we grow stronger together. And we build that foundation even stronger. And it all comes back to this idea that the foundation is what is most important. Because the foundation is what's going to hold us up when things get rocky, when things get rough. And that doesn't just mean those huge big things that happen in life. We all get major curveballs in our lives. If you haven't had one yet, at some point in your life you will have a major curveball. It's also those things like the next two weeks. What holds us up? What gives us strength? Where do we find the source of our continuing to stand in the midst of the shaking of the storm? It's our foundation. It's our faith. It's the community of Christ, one another, all together, that holds us up. It's why I think the church is so very important, because... As we are going through our lives, we're going to get bumps and bruises and um, there are wounds that will take a long time to heal. But it comes back to this simple fact that I've said over and over tonight. If the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. Everything else can be made better. Everything else can be improved. Because not everything that is, is bad that needs to be improved. Sometimes it's just something that needs an upgrade. Sometimes we just need to shift, to change, to grow. But as long as the foundation is good, everything else can be fixed. As we go through these next two weeks, remember that. Your foundation is good. Your foundation is Christ. And Christ is with you as you go out into the world each and every day, holding you up, giving you strength, even when you can barely stand. Because Christ is arisen, and Christ is alive, and Christ is with us now and forever. Amen.